With your host, Connor Nolan, kicking into week five, getting through week four. Good week four. Three and no. Got a few, few pushes, actually. Um, you don't see that very often, but Vegas had some good lines that uh, last week. Got a few good ones this week. Um, not as good of a slate coming up in week five, but yeah, we'll make do with what we got. Um, just recapping week four. For um, 12 o'clock, Oklahoma played at Cincy, minus uh, 14 before uh, closing game time, too. It was minus 13, minus 13 and a half. You could get it on DraftKings, I saw. So they did cover that line. But the two units I put up on this one, um, Oklahoma, I thought we should have blown them out. I mean, the game was 20 to 6. Cincinnati could not do anything on offense, and they have zero offense whatsoever. Emory Jones just stinks. They only have a run game, really, and that stunk. Just couldn't even make – they couldn't even make their field goals. They couldn't even make a 30-yarder, I think it was. So just a bad team, and Oklahoma should have took full advantage of it but didn't. Uh, Gabriel wasn't on for them as much as I thought he would be, but – they were moving the ball like no other and just just couldn't get in the end zone in the red zone. So, But we'll take that. We'll take the push. It's not a loss. So at the end of the day, that's fine. I think I had a good read on it, the right read, but what are you going to do? Uh, next game was Florida State traveling to Clemson, and this one was a real back and forth. Good game, actually. Um, big help from Florida State was that uh, defensive fumble recovery for a touchdown. And then also Clemson just not having a kicker. I mean, I think they just bring, brought this guy off the street. Um, and he misses a, uh, I think that was a 28-yarder. Um, pulled it left and uh, sent the game into overtime where uh, Florida State got the opening touchdown in that overtime. And uh, Clemson wasn't able to score on their end. So chalk that up to minus two, one-unit win for that. Next game, another 12 o'clock, Texas A&M took on Auburn, and this was in Texas A&M, minus eight, and, you know, Auburn was even in this one. They have zero offense whatsoever. Their only defense, I think the game was, what, 28 to 10, and Auburn's only touchdown was a pick six. I mean, they they are not in it whatsoever. They they are just not a good team this year. Texas A&M really showed that and showed some good offense. I mean, they were moving the ball. I mean, they didn't absolutely I guess take the lead oh they took the lead on by multiple scores for until like the second half so Auburn was in it for a little bit but Texas saying I mean they just weren't at the same time Texas A&M took over late and just absolutely blew them out but a nice two unit win on that one um moving into the night games Notre Dame took on Ohio State and you know how this one was. Um, I think Notre Dame should have won this one. Ohio State didn't look as strong, but uh, that offensive line for Ohio State is good. I mean, Notre Dame could not get any pressure on McCord, and I give credit to McCord. 
Um, he stood in the pocket strong. He made the good throws when he had to. I didn't. I don't think he's anything special. I don't think he's good. But uh, when you have all that time and you have some good wide receivers on your end, I think you're gonna. He'll make a play here or there. But uh, that big third down and nineteen. You know, with just seconds left to go, converting on that to the one yard line. I mean, when you're Notre Dame, you just can't let that happen. I mean, the safety is playing back. He's in the end zone. You know they're going to be throwing to try to get that first down. You gotta, you gotta jump that route. That's an easy interception, no doubt. I mean, they bad decision on his part, bad play. But what are you gonna do? But uh, also that brought Ohio State into bringing it, putting it in the end zone. Had 16-14, and Ryan Day just decides to kick the extra point with one second left. What in your mind would make you want to kick that extra point? I, I don't understand that. Even if you do a squib kick and they somehow miraculously return that for a touchdown, it's literally a touchdown. It doesn't even matter. You take the knee just in case, God forbid, a fumble snap, then Notre Dame recovers it, returns it, and then 16-16 off that. Um, missed extra point, and they return it for two points. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Then Ryan Day just going off on Lou Holtz. I mean, the guy, Lou Holtz is like 90, and you're going to yell at a 90-year-old? My God. What are we doing here, Ohio State? I mean, they're going to have a tough run in with uh, Penn State. That'll actually be a good game, but we'll see what happens. That happens in a couple weeks. But we pushed on that one, plus three Notre Dame. Next game was... uh, UNC versus Pitt, and UNC traveled up to Pitt, and this was um, pretty close most of the game, but, you know, UNC just ended up pulling away. I mean, Pitt's not good. Jerkovich isn't good. Um, UNC's actually has a good high-powered office. I mean, Drake May just giving him a one-score favorite against bad teams. I'm going to take it all day. I mean, that's two weeks in a row we took that, so we cashed that for one unit. Uh, Kansas State got win. Uh, the next game was Kansas State. Took on um, UCF. UCF was down plumly, actually, but their uh, their backup isn't bad. I think it was McLean. Um, he looked pretty good. They were going back for most of the first half. Got when Will Howard was starting, so that's why I jumped on them um, late as an add-on. And they uh, they ended up covering late, but uh, it was a good game for the first half. A lot of back and forth, but uh, Kansas State's offense is really good. It's very high-powered. And if you don't have a defense to be able to stop them, then you're going to have a real tough time. Um, last but not least, Hawaii took on New Mexico State. And, you know, I couldn't even get this game on TV, unfortunately. But it's, while on the stats, New Mexico State went up, I think it was like 17-3 to early. And then somehow in the second half, Hawaii came back and ended up winning this one 20-17. Both quarterbacks actually aren't bad for these squads. Um, team out as a whole is definitely not good. I think that's probably their best weapon for both of them is their quarterbacks. But uh, then we got a push on that one, another push. So three pushes and uh, four wins on that. Last game I just need to comment on is obviously Rutgers traveling to Michigan. Um, lose this one 31-7. Gave, came out 7-0. But just the comments reading from Rutgers fans after this, like, ah, it's okay, don't let this get down, this is, like, don't let this impede your expectations of this team, but what, what is the expectation of this team? I don't understand, like, do we want to just lose and it's okay to lose like this every single time? I mean, 31-7 to is even respectable. I don't understand what you're looking for. I think we're looking to be competitive 
and to get wins and try to get upsets here and there to actually put a scare into some of these teams. But we don't, and then that's okay. It's just a loser mentality that we have around here. I mean, there is no there's no sense of urgency to want to win and put any kind of pressure on Shiano. I mean, let's face facts. I'm, do you think he's done a good job? I mean, we get a few wins here and there against these shit teams, but what the hell are we doing here? I mean, we have no quarterback. The defense is good. No wide receivers. No offense. What the fuck are we doing? There just needs to not be this mentality like, oh, well, we gave it our best shot, and then we lost, so it's okay. It's just number two Michigan. I get that, but you know what? When Rutgers was good, they were beating teams like this. And, you know, it might have been for a year or two, but fuck, don't you want to have that every year? I don't understand. But they go down again, not a surprise. But on to week five. And we got a few games on a Friday night I actually like. Slate isn't the greatest, unfortunately. I got a couple good games, but nothing like last week. Last week was just good game after good game. It was it was awesome. But uh, starting out on Friday night, 7 o'clock, Louisville coming to NC State. Nice ACC matchup. Uh, 4-0 Cardinals um, taking on the 3-1 Wolfpack. Uh, starting quarterback for Louisville, Jake Palmer, has been very impressive so far. Putting up a lot of yards with minimal mistakes. Filling in the shoes of Malik Cunningham. Uh, I'm sure not easy when uh, Palmer was coming in, but definitely have been helping out this squad so far. Uh, also helps having a familiar face at running back starter, uh, Jair uh, Jordan. He's been having a good season even while Plummer throws the ball out. They've had a tough test going up against this defense, which is best um, one they faced so far this year. Well, I do think NC State can keep it close. Uh, I mean, they did give up 45 points to Notre Dame a couple weeks ago against Hartman. Uh, the problem is their offense isn't the best. I mean, they legit just have uh, Brandon Armstrong at quarterback, and I mean, that's it. <laughs> and if he's not on and he's not able to run the ball with his feet and throw the ball, I mean, they are just screwed because they don't have a wide receiver. They don't have a running back down an offensive line. Their offense is absolute trash. And it's the exact same thing, it's the exact same story he, it was with him at uh, Virginia. But, um, you know, they do enter the game 3-1, and one, but with wins versus UConn, Virginia military, and Virginia, and barely getting by UConn, um, it's just not good. Uh, they did keep it close for a little bit on the Notre Dame game in the first half, but Notre Dame ultimately got the best of them, put up 45 points. You know... This Louisville team is actually good against the run, and that's what Brandon Armstrong likes to do too, use his feet, try to open up the pass game a little bit. But I just think Louisville's D's is going to stop him here. I mean, Louisville is on a roll. Um, Jake Plummer was pretty much quarterback of the whole country yesterday, uh, last week. And, you know, coming into here, ACC matchup, um, you know, I like Louisville here, minus three for one unit. I think they're going to win this game. I think it'll be close. For a little bit, but I think Louisville will pull away here. I think their offense is actually just too powerful for uh, NC State. But uh, moving on to the next game, same Friday night. Utah Utes traveling up to Oregon State, uh, minus three Oregon State. Um, Friday night, Pac-12 matchup, and good one we'll have uh, on our hands. Uh, We'll need to see what the status of Cam Rising is, but honestly, I don't even think it will matter. Uh, this Oregon State team is coming off a tough loss in Pullman to Wazoo. 
and they need a bounce back game at home in Corvallis, and this is when it's big. Um, you know, definitely a tough opponent. Utah, tough defense, um, not the greatest offense so far, but obviously they all have Cam Rising, their quarterback. Um, Oregon State's quarterback, DJ Ugalele, doesn't ha- hasn't looked too strong, but this team's run game is good and behind a good offensive line. Uh, I did think they had a good defense, but they had a rough time against uh, Ward, Cameron Ward, uh, last week. But Cameron Ward's obviously in the top ten for Heisman Trophy winners, so and they were at home, so definitely not a not good not. Not an easy task for Oregon State's defense last week. Um, they did struggle early on, but they did hold um, Washington State late on later on and got uh, Oregon State back in the game. Brought them into within one score late, but you know ultimately they ended up losing. Um, but honestly, good thing for them. They're going up against uh, a Utah team that produces close to no offense, and I don't think Rising coming back off injury will change that. Uh, fact is, Utah is a different team away from home, too, and this is a Pac-12 conference, and it is good. Um, a lot of teams in here are good. I'm, I've been saying it, Pac-12 conference is the conference this year, and it's a shame. I mean, I'll get into this later on, but, you know, this would be the perfect year for a 12-team playoff or 18 playoff. I usually I like eight, but I understand the 12. You know, you have four buys and you get a couple campus games in there, which is awesome. Um, but that's why you need some. You need a tournament sometimes because there's not a clear-cut powerhouse team right now. It is wide open, in my opinion. I think a lot of people, a lot of teams are in the running that could win this. Um, and I don't think there's a juggernaut. I don't think Ohio State's a juggernaut. Bama's not a juggernaut. Georgia's not a juggernaut. I don't even think Michigan's a juggernaut. Nobody. So we'll see how that turns out. But back to the game. Uh, this Utah team struggles. Um, struggle with Baylor on the road without their starting quarterback, uh, Schaefer. But it'll be a tough one as this is the best opponent they've faced so far. UCLA was good. But, you know, this was... This was at Utah, and Utah barely did shit that game. I mean, it was 14 nothing majority of the game. They couldn't get anything going on offense. They had a couple turnovers, and um, the freshman Moore for UCLA just couldn't get anything going. I'm surprised Chip Kelly even kept him in the game. But uh, this line has already moved from minus 1.5 to minus 3. I actually expect this to go even more in uh, Oregon State's favor. Uh, maybe by half point, maybe point, but still, I can't see this going back now. Um, Utah hasn't thrown the ball, obviously, because the backup sucks, but the run game is what they like on offense right now, and Oregon State is a top-10 defense in the country against the run. Um, haven't fared well as well against the pass, but like I said, rising, no rising. I, I just don't see Utah passing the ball unless they get down fast or get down early, but this Utah State defense is tough. We'll see how they do against Oregon State's offense, but I do expect Oregon State to get win the field position battle and get a few points up early and add on to that lead. I think this. I think uh, you, you'll see a couple breaks in Utah's defense, and I, I like them. But that's why I'm I'm taking the Beavers here for two units at minus three. I expect them to get their first conference win here, and Utah away from home is just not as strong. Next game, this is late night, um, Friday night. Cincinnati traveling over to BYU. Both teams 
Big 12 second game had their home had their Big 12 openers last week, but uh, newly added to the conference, uh, Cincinnati coming in two and two with a loss against Oklahoma as we discussed earlier, uh, where they couldn't finish any drives against that Oklahoma defense, which isn't that good. But I mean, Venables is putting it in the right direction. But comes back to Emory Jones as a quarterback, he's just not good. Uh, a lot of dink and dunk passes, like to run the ball with Jones, but. There's just one bad. There's just one thing. He sucks, and I'm sticking by that. And now going into Provo to take on BYU and a Big 12 home opener for BYU. This crowd's going to be up. This team's going to be up. Um, you know they're going to be ready. They want this one. Um, now this line has moved a lot. I mean, it was BYU minus three, minus two and a half, but now it's actually Cincinnati minus two. I don't. I'm still trying to research this, see what's up. I mean, if something comes out about an injury, I'll definitely might have to renege this, but I haven't seen anything right now, so I'm sticking with BYU, but, you know, more to come on that. But BYU coming off a loss to Kansas, you know, at Kansas, and that squad is good, especially with Jalen Daniels. So definitely not a bad loss, which was their first one. Um, I didn't think much of this team heading into the Arkansas game a couple of weeks ago uh, where they knocked off Arkansas away from home. You know, nonetheless, uh, Arkansas was in a look-ahead spot as they took on LSU the last uh, last week. But I mean, they looked like a good team last week. That's Arkansas against LSU with KJ Jefferson. They stuck with them tough, but I mean, they ended up losing um, that SEC battle. Anyways, BYU heavily passing squad with uh, Cincy's team weak in this spot. Good against the run, but doesn't fare well against the pass. And this BYU team pretty much does only that. Uh, Kayvon Slovis uh, will just need to limit the turnovers, make smart passes, um, which he's a little prone to with um, making mistakes. Just win time of possession and win field position. Don't make mistakes. Don't want to give Cincinnati any good field position because they cannot. They they just won't be able to drive the field with this offense. It is just not good enough. But uh I'm taking BYU here for one unit uh, plus two now. Uh, we'll see if that changes at all. Just keep updated at CMets11 on Twitter. Um, moving into Saturday, Utah State at UConn. Aggies traveling on to the Northeast, um, taking on the Huskies. Utah State coming in one and three. Huskies on a nice offer, which doesn't make this game too exciting, but will be a tough one for Utah State to adjust to that 12 p.m. afternoon game, but I'm not worried. Quarterback Lagos has gone down. The Aggies for the Aggies, but it looks like they have a new face at quarterback and freshman McKay Hillstead, uh, who has played in a little over two games. But this guy has been looking good and looking better than Lagos, uh, putting up 400 yards last week against James Madison defense, and that's no easy feat. Um, scored, I think it was, a, I think the game was 45 to 38. They ended up losing, but putting up 38 points against that James Madison defense is is impressive. Um, the only thing that is hurting this um, UConn team, they lose their starting quarterback, uh, Joe Fagnano, who's actually not too bad, but now they have a New Jersey native, Taquan Roberson, uh, takes over the reins, and he's not too bad either, but he's definitely not as good as Fagnano was. Uh, I think he needs some more experience. Uh, I just don't think this 
this line takes Utah State too seriously, but they they have potential, which they have shown in the past and have come through. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to turn things around and win the Mountain West, but I think they'll hang tough. I mean, a couple of years ago, they did do that. They didn't get them to a good start. Um, this is when they had, uh, I think, what I think his name was Logan O'Connor or something like that. But they came back and actually won the Mountain West uh, after, I think they won in two, won in three starts. So similar situation here. I don't think they will, but I think they'll beat this UConn team. And um, I think they'll cover this line. I mean, they could probably win it even win by two scores. This Aggies offense will keep passing. I think they'll pass it well on this uh, UConn Huskies defense. Uh, give me Aggies for one unit minus five. South Alabama. Traveling to James Madison, James Madison minus three, uh, South Alabama, uh, classic Sunbelt matchup, um, South Alabama coming off a tough loss to Central Michigan, James Madison just squeaking by Utah State, um, I think this will be back and forth matchup, and James Madison has been just flirting with for their first loss, uh, should have lost to Virginia, Troy, and Utah State, and now they get a tough in-conference opponent in South Alabama. Uh, it'll be tough for Ryan back Webb for South Alabama to get going um, as this JMU team is tough against the run, but we'll rely on uh, Carter Bradley step up in this game for South Alabama in the past game. Um, and also a 4-0 team being favored only by three against a 2-1 team coming off a loss against a MAC team, Central Michigan, uh, seems super fishy. And, you know, if you've been following what I have with Alabama, with South Alabama. I've just been a fan of them this season. I think they have a strong squad, good defense, good offense. And I think they're going to make a real impact and make some noise on this Sunbelt Conference. Um, you know, I, I can't see... It's just too fishy. I mean, minus three for James Madison, 4-0, and heading into conference play. And now South Alabama's traveling up to them. I, I'm taking South Alabama here, plus three. I like the points for one unit. Notre Dame... At Duke, Duke plus five and a half. Um, Notre Dame coming off that tough loss, loss to Ohio State and a real classic. I mean, Notre Dame should have won that game. Ohio State not as strong this year with a new quarterback in McCord. Like I said earlier, give the kid some credit. I mean, he stood in the pocket, didn't get much pressure on him. That old line was just too good, honestly. Uh, that will be a good watch, though, against uh, Penn State. Penn State's defense is just really fucking good. Um, Ohio State's offensive line will have a, you know, they'll have a, their hands full against Penn State, but um, now back to the Notre Dame game. Notre Dame coming in with Sam Hartman at quarterback and a strong run game behind uh, Estime. Um, they'll have a tough test going against Duke's secondary. Very good so far this year on limited opponents' passing game, but the weak part of this defense that will open up some key passing opportunities. Hartman is to take advantage of that run. Uh, Notre Dame also needs a bounce back win after last week. Um, but if they get SMA going, um, you know, Duke's de- defense against the run it just isn't good. And Notre Dame likes to ground the pound. They'll like to get the run game going. If that's successful, they're going to stick to it. But obviously, if it's working too, it's going to open up the passing game for Hartman. I think it's just one of these where it might be close early on like they were with NC State, and then they just end up blowing them out in the second half because, you know, they just can't stick with it. I could totally see that. A lot of these ACC teams seem to be like that. But uh, on uh, offense for – on the other side of the ball, offense, Duke uh, 
quarterback Riley Leonard has had an impressive season for, so far, but likes to use his legs a lot more than his arm, and I think that's just a recipe for disaster when you go up against good teams. Uh, works against shitty teams, but when you're playing against you know a top ten team in the country, it's just not smart. Uh, I don't think this type of game player works against the Irish. Uh, I think this will be a low scoring one. Duke's defense and Notre Dame's defense, but I think it'll be a slow moving game for the first half. But like I said, ND I think will just break out in the second half and take over and definitely cover that five and a half line. But uh, I'm gonna take Notre Dame for five and a half for one unit. That's actually it for right now. I'm actually going on a trip later this weekend, so I'm recording on Tuesday. So if anything else opens up, uh, I'll definitely put it on the Twitter. Follow at CMeds11 um, on the podcast. Subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again. All very much appreciated. Uh, leave some comments if you want. We'll get a. I'll comment on it. Whatever we gotta do, keep it some laughs. Even if you're busting my balls, love it. But uh, you know, it's been a good year so far, so. Let's not get too crazy. And uh, maybe some praise. I love that. But uh, let's have a good week five, guys. I'll keep you updated with the picks at CMets11 on Twitter. And uh, let's have a good week. Thanks, everybody.